The Denver Broncos take on the Buffalo Bills tonight on Monday Night Football. And more importantly, the Broncos could build some momentum going into this game. We'll give you up-to-date information on the injury report and our players to watch. Keys to victory on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Are you ready for some Monday night football? The Denver Broncos are back in action tonight against the Buffalo Bills in primetime action. All the action goes down on ESPN. Who are the players to watch? What are the keys to victory? You're going to get all that on today's brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country once again for rocking with us, making us your first listen of the day every single day and a special shout out if you're an everyday listener we appreciate you so much do us a favor hit that subscribe or that follow button down below so you never miss out on a day's worth of broncos news content coverage analysis and more every single day all year long for free on youtube or wherever you get your podcast i'm cody rourke broncos reporter for mile high sports joined alongside as always by my co-host sarah bettinger site expert over there predominantly orange Com. Today's episode show is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Sarah, my friend, tonight is the night, the first of two back-to-back primetime games here for the Denver Broncos, where you know the vibe, I think, has been a little bit weird so far. Obviously, there were a lot of eyes on the Broncos coming into the start of the season because of Sean Payton. What can he do with Russell Wilson? And then after Denver went on the stretch of obviously being 1-4, and four, Everyone's like, okay, you know what? We're not watching the Broncos anymore. A lot of people, national media talking, we're not talking about the Broncos anymore. Well, Denver rattling off a win against Green Bay. Obviously, it was Green Bay, right? But Denver got a win. Big win against Kansas City. Denver at this point, coming into this game on Monday Night Football, fully healthy. Every player on the 53-man roster practiced this week. Nobody missed any time. Now there's a game here against the Buffalo Bills, and all of a sudden it seems like, hey, Denver actually might be in a great position where nobody's talking about them. And they may actually embrace that. And what better way than a Monday night football matchup against Josh Allen and the Bills? It is a great way, Cody, to kind of come out and reignite maybe that hype a little bit. I guess it's kind of ironic, right? You you get everybody to stop talking about you finally and you get back-to-back games in the national spotlight, right? So uh, nothing like it. You know, you finally get out of the spotlight and then you're just thrust right back into it. And it's a big opportunity for the Denver Broncos to prove kind of whether or not they're for real after what we saw against the Kansas City Chiefs, right? So that was that feels like a long time ago at this point, Cody. I was thinking about it, like all these these last couple of weeks are kind of blended together in my brain. I'm like, was that last Sunday or has it been three Sundays? And it, I, the math is not working out for me. It feels it's been a while since the Broncos played a game. Hopefully, as we saw with the injury report, like you said, I mean, it's it's a clean injury report. It is the all hands on deck sort of game. So you certainly aren't going to be able to blame injuries going into this game if the Broncos aren't able to come away with a W. Well, let's talk about this as well. We'll look at our offensive players to watch here on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. This is technically our pregame show, and make sure you catch us tonight following the game here on our Lockdown Broncos YouTube page. After the Broncos game, we'll break it all down with our postgame coverage here of the show here. When you look at the Broncos offense here, look, you look at Buffalo's defense as well in, in comparison, they're banged up and they're going to be without Christian Benford, a cornerback. They're already without Tredavious White for the year, Matt Milano, but they're also going to be without Micah Hyde 
in this game. So I think it allowed the Broncos offense, hopefully to be a little bit more aggressive here. Sarah, when we talk about this offense for Denver, maybe what they could do coming out of the bye week. When you look at players to watch here for Denver offensively, who do you have your eye on tonight? I definitely, Cody, want to see these wide receivers come out and have a big start to the second half of the season for the Denver Broncos. And specifically, I'm talking about Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. I know we really, all of us, everybody listening, all of us want to see more of Marvin Mims as well. But I really think what we saw as the first half of the season progressed from Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, there's something to build on there, especially that last game against Kansas City where both of those guys kind of flex the best of what they're able to do, even if it was a little bit of a limited sample. I know the Broncos didn't complete 35 passes or anything like that against Kansas City, but certainly you were able to see the best of Jerry Judy, the best of Cortland Sutton in terms of, man, how often have we seen Jerry Judy go up and make a contested catch like that in coverage or, you know, Cortland Sutton, we've been asking for more of those opportunities downfield, finally started to get more of those against Green Bay and Kansas City. So can those two wide receivers build against a banged up Buffalo Bills secondary? I mean, Cody, there's no Tredavious White, which sucks. I mean, obviously, we we love seeing good players thrive and succeed, yeah. but he's not playing. They, they have Rasul Douglas out there from the trade with Green Bay. There's uh, no Micah Hyde. I know my Hawkeye heart hurts for that, but <laughs> look, you, you've got an, adva- an advantage, I would say, at the wide receiver position as opposed to what the Bills are throwing out there in the secondary. Kyir Elam, their former first-round pick, I believe, also dealing with injuries this this season. So, an advantage for the wide receivers to potentially go out there and and take and, and maybe establish themselves as, hey, you saw a glimpse in the first half. Here's what you're getting in the second half. Well, and I think on top of that as well, look, you know, the forecast projects for maybe 40 to 30 mile an hour gust tonight. So does that change anything here in terms of the Broncos game plan? I certainly hope not in that situation. Obviously, it's going to be a chilly night in Buffalo here. I like that you mentioned the wide receivers, especially against a banged up, Buffalo Bills secondary here. For me, I'm going to go with the run game here for Denver on the offensive side. I want to see the combination of Javante Williams and Jaleel McLaughlin. You know, you talk about this defense here for Buffalo being banged up. Now, obviously, they still have several dang good players. Obviously, Leonard Floyd. You talk about A.J. Epinesa. You talk about Gregory Rousseau and Oliver. There's Von Miller. That's hard to run against guys like that. And look, it's going to be hard to even try to run to Von Miller's side here. But if Denver can get the run game going in this game here tonight, Sarah, especially if there's going to be the gusts of 30 to 40 mile an hour wins, Denver has an opportunity to do some really good things with it because the run game for Denver sets everything else up. We've talked about it all throughout the offseason that day. The foundation of this offense, the identity, it has to be deeply rooted in run the football set up the pass through the play action or the quick passing game after that. But if Denver can't run the football tonight against Buffalo, they're going to be in a lot of trouble here, right? Because if Buffalo stops the run and Denver's forced to pass, and let's say the wins are as bad as maybe the, the projections anticipate that they could be, I'm a little anxious about what Denver's offensive game plan will be. How does Sean Payton, what type of plan does he have if this is the circumstance here in tonight's game? Want to see them run. Look, the offensive line for Denver has been vastly improved Overall, I think that the protection has gotten better, though. The theme for them this season has been inconsistency. They're going to have their hands full with Leonard Floyd, who's obviously the sack leader there in Buffalo, and then Von Miller, and then the other guys that they have on the defensive line at D-end and defensive interior. They will send some linebacker blitzes. They're very good at creating some stunt pressure looks, and they make it very hard. So, Russ, situation where us being able to get the ball out of his hands is going to be very paramount. And if Denver can run the ball, it takes a lot of pressure 
off of them to be able to do just that. These are our offensive players to watch in Broncos country. As you're watching on YouTube or you're listening to us wherever you get your podcast, we always encourage you to participate in the show as well. Let us know who your offensive players to watch for tonight on Monday night football. Predict who you think will be the Broncos offensive player of the game. And we'll also acknowledge that maybe on tomorrow's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Hopefully we could do a Victory Tuesday podcast for this going forward here. But one thing we are going to dive deep into on today's episode of the show, we're going to look at our Broncos defensive players that Sarah and myself, we have our eyes on in this matchup tonight against Josh Allen and a very, very explosive high octane at any type of moment offense in Buffalo. You're going to get that on today's episode of the show. Have you ever had a frustrating ticket buying experience? Well, let me tell you about the Game Time app. Game Time alleviates all the concerns that you have had. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events that are going on near you. And with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets here. If you need last-minute tickets to tonight's Monday night football game between the Broncos and the Buffalo Bills, game time, they're going to have ideas. They're going to have good action flash sales for you at the last minute. And the best part about it, you can see the view from your seat inside the Game Time app. They're obsessed with finding new ways to help you save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats, as we talked about. You can find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, for basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With zone deals, you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the Game Time guarantee means that you always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Once again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Can the Denver Broncos defense do the seemingly impossible against Josh Allen on Monday Night Football? We're going to talk about our players to watch here as the Denver Broncos get set for a huge game to start off the second half of their season. But before we go any further, I want to give a huge shout out and say thank you to every single one of you that makes Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day, free and available everywhere that you listen to podcasts, as well as free and available to watch on YouTube where you can interact with Cody and I a little bit more and as well as just jump in the comment section and, and sound off your thoughts. Who's your players to watch in this game? Sound off in the post game. Always a good time, Cody. Tons of fans jumping in the post game conversation as well. Just giving their thoughts on the game. Maybe doing a little back and forth with some fans from the opposing team. Who knows? I mean, it's just a, a great, great place to be to just sound off your thoughts, Broncos country. So we appreciate every single one of you and we love hearing from you. And we love your your passion for this team and for just being supportive of Cody and I. It means the world. So, Cody, defensive players to watch. I said, could the Broncos do the impossible against Josh Allen? We'll talk about that. But I, I want to know from you, what is your key defensive player to watch in this game or maybe matchup to watch as we we talk about the Denver Broncos against the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, this is this is a great question, right? Because you think about the Bills, the, the number one key is trying to stop Josh Allen, right? But that's hard because Josh Allen is a guy who can do it with his legs. He can do it with his arm. And that's a little bit of a broader challenge that I think is going to encompass all 11 players on defense. But I think in terms of a specific area that I myself, I'm looking at here specifically, 
I want to see f- how does Fabian Moreau and how does Patrick Sertan, how do these guys match up? What do they do? What does that look like? And Jaquan McMillan, including him in the mix there against guys like Gabriel Davis and Stephon Diggs, right? And there's other receiving options that you have to account for here, but these are the most two dangerous guys that they have because of their size, their speed, their athleticism, their good ball skills. I mean, you look at Stephon Diggs, he's got legitimate speed. He's a great route runner. You look at Gabriel Davis, he's a big body type guy. And how do you like? How do you count to you know minimize some of the damage they can do? Because there's times, Sarah, where they'll bring both of those guys onto the same side of the field, left side or right. They'll do it out of a stack bunch formation, and then they can run different route combinations there, or they'll run you know what we call the post wheel. That's one play I think we have to keep an eye out for here in this game. When you watch them, they love setting that up, and I think if you're watching during the game, Broncos country, here's what you need to pay attention to. If you see uh, Gabriel Davis and Stephon Diggs. Next to each other, let's say it's a bunch formation or if they're within five yards apart from each other in terms of wide receiver splits. And if the number two receiver, which is usually the slot, whether that's Diggs, whether that's Davis, if they cheat a little bit closer to the outside receiver, watch that because that's where they love to set up that post wheel route down the sideline or to attack the middle of the field. That's something to watch for here pregame. For me, I think communication is going to have to be on par here between the Broncos secondary. They haven't had a lot of communication issues since they've made the adjustment changes with Fabian Moreau stepping in a corner. Jaquan McMillan's resurgence, getting Justin Simmons back on the back end, PJ Locke stepping into the starting lineup. And then obviously Patrick Sertan, you know, just being able to play free here going forward. And I think it's been a huge change for them. But if the Broncos are going to have a chance defensively tonight, they're going to have to mitigate those two guys hurting them with explosive plays downfield because these are very two capable explosive players for the Bills offense. And Josh Allen loves to try to target them. And here's the thing. doesn't matter if, you know, you have really good coverage. If Josh Allen thinks that he's got, cause he's got arm arrogance, right? Which is, you know, that's not an insult to Josh Allen. He's got, he's got a rocket arm, but he's got arm arrogance to the point where he will try to throw it into tight windows. So your coverage in the back end of that secondary it has to be on par. And if it's not, it can hurt the Broncos in a big way here tonight. Those are kind of like the player matchups. I have my eye on, on defense. Who do you have, sir? Well, I, first of all, I love that pick Cody. And I'm wondering, I got my, my fantasy team pulled up right here. I mean, can Stefan Diggs <laughs> get held to like five catches for 40 yards or something like that? Cause I would win and that would be a great outing for the Broncos defense. But look, I, I said, can the Broncos do the impossible against Josh Allen? And what do I mean by that? Well, sacking Josh Allen this season has been bordering on impossible. You look at the NFL team QB sacked per game stat list right here, Cody. Only Patrick Mahomes or the Kansas City Chiefs have allowed fewer sacks per game in 2023 at 1.3 than the Buffalo Bills at 1.4. So what does Josh Allen not do? He really doesn't get sacked. He doesn't really take sacks. You you've maybe got one or two sacks a game if you're looking at those numbers right there. And those have to be difference makers. And can the Broncos maybe be an outlier amongst that statistical average that they've got going on? Because that's nine games. You're talking about nine games at 1.4 sacks per game. Somebody out there who's better at me than math, that's what, 12 or 13 sacks, (laughs) something like that. So it's it's not much. It's not happening very often. So you've got to, Baron Browning, Nick Benito, Jonathan Cooper, Zach Allen, DJ Jones, collapse the pocket and get Josh Allen down. It reminds me, and I I brought this up once before, I think matchups against Josh Allen remind me so much. If you grew up watching the Broncos like I did and when they had those great defenses in the the early to mid to late 2000s, you get matchups against Ben Roethlisberger, the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? And you go up against Ben Roethlisberger and you're thinking to yourself, all right, 
we may not be able to sack this guy because even if three guys are draped on him, he's going to find a way to get out of there and and throw the ball to you know X, Y, or Z, whoever it ended up being. And I I just don't know if Josh Allen, he's obviously more athletic than Ben Roethlisberger was, but he's similar in that way to where you think you've got a sack. You think you've got him, you got everything covered, and all of a sudden he pops out of there. So I'm watching Baron Browning, Nick Benito, Jonathan, anybody on the defensive front that can make an impact as a pass rusher or Drew Sanders maybe as a quarterback spy. Let's, let's get some sacks on Josh Allen on Monday Night Football. That could be key to ultimately winning this game. Well, I think an interesting thing to kind of piggyback off of what you talked about, right? You mentioned the Chiefs and their standing. Denver, Baron Browning was able to get after Patrick Mahomes and Fluster. So part of me is one or two. Are we going to see a similar rush scenario here from Denver against Josh Allen versus Mahomes? Because Mahomes is also very, very dangerous with his legs, not necessarily like the physical size. Like Josh Allen can run his shoulder through people. Like he's not afraid of contact. Mahomes is a little bit more just elusive and and deceptively shifty. So for me, I, I, th- I wonder what is Denver's game plan from a rush standpoint? Is it similar to what they had against the chiefs? And I'm excited, man, like with, with Baron Browning's last two games that he's played, I don't know if you've seen the clips going around on Twitter that some people in the film community have done just looking at him, like his power rush, his speed rush, his little ghost dip that he does. He's playing at another level right now and he's fully healthy, which is scary. And he looks a lot like a guy that, you know, a lot of people in Broncos country can be very enamored with seeing here once again, on Monday night football. How cool would that be to maybe see kind of like a passing of the torch moment here, you know, from old school 58 to number 56 there, who looks like if you watch, you take the number away on film, you watch how they do things. They look very, very similar. Baron's just a little bit leaner at, in that regard there. So for me, I, I'm excited to see what Denver's rush can do. I think it's going to be paramount, as you mentioned to this game, considering, you know, Josh Allen's status of hardly being touched at, at all. And he's a guy that will absolutely design quarterback runs around, which you also have to account for that. So, Linebacker is going to be important. The defensive line, as you mentioned, they're going to be key if Denver's going to come away with a victory here tonight on Monday Night Football. But Broncos country, one thing we want to hear from you, who are your defensive players and matchups that you have your eye on in tonight's game, Monday Night Football? All the action on ESPN+. Plus. Don't forget, we'll have a post-game coverage, post-game show here, following the game here on the Locked On Broncos podcast, our YouTube page, or wherever you get your podcast. One thing we are going to dive into are keys to victory. What does Denver have to do on offense? or defense if they want to come away with a victory, a big victory, a victory that could change the course of the entire season on Monday Night Football. You're going to get all that action on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's episode, Locked on Broncos, is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers, they can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. If you think that the Denver Broncos are going to Buffalo tonight and maybe get a victory, if you put $5 on the money line on Denver, or if you think the Bills are going to win, you put $5 on the money line on the Bills. If you win, you're going to get $150 in bonus bets afterward. Once again, that's if your team wins, whoever you choose on the money line when placing a $5 bet. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now with the NFL season in full swing for a strong second half stretch. Leading up to the postseason, you also have the NBA season, NHL season ongoing right now. It's a good time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options that include spreads for the games, player props like touchdown totals, over-under on passing yards, and more. 
So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season as it's in full swing for a postseason push. Once again, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, real quick, once again, want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country. Thanks for taking time out of your day, whether it's in the mornings, the afternoons, or the late evenings to rock with us, to make us part of your daily routine for all your Denver Broncos news, content, coverage, analysis, and more. And our promise to you is we bring you coverage every single day, all year long. There's never an offseason here. We'll have you covered for your favorite team that you root for on Sundays here. All right, this is a very, very, very big part of tonight's game. Keys to victory, right? And and ideally, when we theorize these things, we talk about, okay, if Denver does this, they can win, right? It's it's kind of like black and white in a sense. Like, okay, if Denver does this, then this can happen. So much has to go right in these keys to victories that we do. And I think that's what makes football probably one of the more dynamic sports, one of the most fun and engaging sports is because you can do certain things well, and it still won't matter at the end of the day. Like there were so many games across the weekend in this NFL slate that I was watching and I was following along. I'm like, oh my gosh, like they did this, they did this right, but they still lost the game. And so it, it's a crazy game. We've seen crazier things happen. And look, the Broncos have a great opportunity in primetime action here tonight against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. So, Sarah, let's first off take a look at offensive keys to victory. What's the key to victory that you have for Denver's offense led by Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, and company here tonight? Well, I think the passing game, I'm, I've been trying to think of a way to word this, Cody, probably for the last about two weeks, and I think I've finally figured it out. This is this is what I'm trying to convey over the last two weeks about the Broncos passing game, just what feels off, what needs to be fixed. I think the Broncos passing game needs better down-to-down efficiency, right? I mean, and you could tell me if you think that's the right way to phrase what's going on, but I think that, I think it is. I think there's big plays have been there for the Denver Broncos passing game offensively this season. We've seen downfield shots to just about everybody in this offense. Now, what we haven't seen is great down-to-down efficiency when we're talking about the short-to-intermediate passing game. It, it's basically either you're going deep downfield to a receiver or you're dumping it off to a running back. And that's the passing game right now for the Broncos. Down-to-down efficiency simply hasn't been there. I think if they can do that against a Buffalo Bills team that has injuries at linebacker, remember, Matt Milano, he's not playing. He, he's been kind of a Bronco killer in the last couple seasons. At the secondary, we mentioned there's injuries at every position there. This this is a chance for the Broncos to get better down-to-down efficiency for their passing game. And I don't think they need to throw 40 to 45 times to win this game, Cody. But I do think that they need to complete more than 13 or 14 passes. I don't think you can rely on the other team turning the ball over five times every single week. So better down-to-down efficiency for the passing game should take this offense to yet another level. And I think in one way that they can do that on offense, my key to victory is just a continue to build a sustainable run game, right? Whether that's with three backs, as we have seen, we've seen Samaje P. Ryan get involved, but we've seen Javante Williams get a heavy workload of there. You and I were talking about it coming out of the bye week. Look, Jaleel McLaughlin and all the touches that he has has been efficient, right? Averaging 7.1 yards per carry. But can you get him more than five total carries in a game? Like that's on Sean Payton. That's on Joe Lombardi to try to figure out if you can build a sustainable run game around that. Sarah, I think it makes the passing game even easier, right? Because as you mentioned, it's either taking a shot downfield to Cortland Sutton, who is, uh, you know, we asked for more of that. But then it's also like, all right, hey, I'm throwing it behind the line of scrimmage to a running back. And then they're getting yards after that. 
that's not sustainable in the long term. You have to have balance in the deep ball passing game, short to intermediate. But I think ideally Denver has no intermediate passing game. That has to change. I mean, you have Jerry Judy, who's one of the best route runners in the NFL, run more slants, run more digs, or even like we haven't seen too much of this run hitches, run hitches from the slot. Even if like Adam Troutman or the tight end position, run a hitch, run a sit, just get five or six yards. That helps. It's either this or that. And that I think has been a little bit of an issue here for the Broncos offense this season. I love those keys to the game. And I think if Denver can run the ball sustainably with Javante, with Jalil, Samaje, Russ at times using his legs, maybe we'll see some more design runs here in the second half for Russell Wilson. But if you hit that threshold of just continuing to build your offensive identity with that, I think Denver can open things up. It'll certainly help make it easier, especially if a team has to sell out to try to stop the run. Then you get more one-on-one opportunities in the passing game there. I like that. But now let's shift our focus here to the Broncos' defensive side of the ball. Keys to victory. If they're going to find a way to slow down and limit one of the NFL's top third-down offenses, top red-zone offenses in the NFL – what do they have to do on defense, Sarah, in order to maybe come away with a victory tonight in a very, very chilly, hostile environment led by Bills Mafia? Well, let's play this track again. Uh, the pass rush has to get home, right? They, they just do. And I know that you, you don't have to get sacks for the pass rush to get home. I think back to, I know Super Perfect. Bowl 50 is kind of a, a, a really grand example of this, <laughs> but there were sacks in that game, of course, but Man, what I remember the most about Super Bowl 50 was just consistently Cam Newton. It's just he's he's getting hit in the gut. He's getting hit just shortly after he passes the ball and it's throwing off his internal clock, right? The sooner the Broncos can throw off Josh Allen's internal clock, the better because I think there is a streakiness to the way that Josh Allen plays. I know he's a great quarterback. He's really developed. He's proven me wrong in my pre-draft analysis of who he was and what he could end up being. He's blown that out of the water, but I still think if you can get to him early and often and speed up his internal clock, you really have a chance to that that helps, you know, your your secondary. He's going to accelerate the clock. He might be just a tick behind on a pass because he's anticipating Baron Browning coming from his blind side, things like that. So that's what I mean by the pass rush getting home. Do you, do you need to have seven sacks in this game? Absolutely not. Your pass rush can still dominate without it, but I think that's a key is get that pass rush home, like, you know, some legal hits on the quarterback, but but hit him, you know, hit Josh Allen. Make sure he knows that you're there and that you're going to keep on coming. Well, and I think another thing that we talk about as well, like I wrote this for my Mile High Sports, kind of three storylines to watch piece over there, milehighsports.com. Sarah's obviously got you covered at predominantlyorange.com, Broncos country. One of the things I wrote about that was, yeah, like pass rush. Like, and, and I'm glad that you mentioned it. Like you mentioned it verbatim. Pass rush doesn't always mean sacks. Like sacks aren't the end all be all. They certainly help, right? You'd love to get more sacks. But if you're creating pressure opportunities, you know what that does? It leads to more opportunities for takeaways. And Josh Allen has more turnovers, more giveaways because of his arm arrogance, because of that, because he tries to do a little too much sometimes in the NFL since coming into it. I mean, he, he's been a turnover machine, but he's also been a touchdown machine. So it's kind of balanced itself out there. But Josh Allen is the guy that will take chances. And if you're pressuring him, you're flustering him. He has an uneasy pocket where he can't step up and do things that he normally does with his legs, or he can't extend to the outside on a scramble drill where they're very good at that. You can put in, you're going to be seeing opportunities on the defensive end there to where, okay, hey, he's going to put the ball into a window where if I just jump up, if I time it, if I understand, if I'm where I need to be as a defense player, whether it's linebacker, whether it's a safety or corner, you have a chance to maybe generate a takeaway here. And I think if Deborah can do that against Buffalo, generate 
takeaways. You always got to win the turnover differential, right? That's always a key to victory here. But if you can find a way to force at least one or two turnovers here for the Buffalo Bills, I like the Broncos' chances of coming out on tonight, Monday Night Football, and coming away with a victory. And look, Broncos country, one thing we always want to have is your participation in the show. So if you're watching on YouTube or you're listening, wherever you get your podcast, let us know what your keys to victory are for the Broncos offense and for the Broncos defense. But that'll wrap up today's episode of the show here of Lockdown Broncos, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We'll have you covered here on this pregame show. But tonight, join us for our postgame report following the Broncos game against the Bills on Monday Night Football. You can get all that action here on our YouTube page. You can get us wherever you get your podcast. but we appreciate you. Look forward to seeing you for the Lockdown Broncos post-game report.